Look at how awesome this is. Dude, this is sick. What's the name of your company? Rocket Block. All right, pronouncers, welcome back to another episode. Very excited to be able to have you. We've got an awesome one coming up. But right before we start, uh, Stephen ran the marathon. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, hats it. off. Four hours. That's pretty crazy. Uh, um, twice, uh, half as. The guy who set the world record uh, ran was twice as too? fast as me. And I got to run uh, along the same asphalt that he did. So <laughs> world record was set at two hours. Yeah. Insane. Almost like, like 20 seconds above two hours or something. Yeah. So got a lot of work to get to that. But, you know, appreciate the support. Um, two hours. Do, do you know like two hours? Forty-five. Yeah. <laughs> it's only his third marathon, too. Yeah, I'm speechless. I, I I can't understand how to do that. Did, did by the way, did running that take away from time that you would normally spend on the business? Because that's um, a lot of training. No, not really. I just kind of like have been budgeting it, budgeting it in, and and for me, um, setting that as a goal allowed me to create like good habits. So I was like, okay, if I know I have to run four months from now, I know I'm going to have to build up to that, and so. It's just kind of my way to build a little bit of discipline. Um, and it's good. Like when you run, you kind of lose your mind a little bit and um, best stuff comes out when you're able to do that. So for me, it was it was good all around. Uh, a little painful at the end, but solid. <laughs> Bruce, right. you're... the biofreeze. Yeah, biofreeze. You're in for the LA Marathon. So we'll... Uh, <laughs> if people I'll do, I'll do like... 5K with you like comment and subscribe that you want Bruce to run a marathon. Maybe he will Mr. B style. Um, <laughs> anyways, we got, we got a really cool episode today. Um, augmented reality in screen printing. Um, Rockland page, Bruce, what were your thoughts on today? I mean, I just think the technology, I I'm a sucker obviously for technology and, and new stuff. I like adopting things early on. <clears throat> and um, what he's built here is a very cool, unique aspect that could be used for, I mean, we were just brainstorming all kinds of ideas that this could be used for, but the way he will, we'll show you the video. And then the way he's, you know, uses the shirts to bring them alive, to tell a story, absolutely incredible and hats off to Rockland for, for really innovating here. Right. And just like, I'm going to spend the time. I'm going to hire the right people to do this. I'm going to get this done and then continuing to use that to push his brand plus his custom side. Yeah. I thought it was really cool that he created a new niche in something that didn't exist with like a commoditized business like t-shirts. So um, super, super interesting. End of the episode, we'll take a poll on if Bruce should get a second dog. So make sure you listen to the end. Uh, but Bruce, we've got some sponsors. Four amazing sponsors. You know, you guys know these companies because they are here to support us. They're here to support the industry. So absolutely make sure to check them out. First up is Easy Way. You know, you shouldn't be spending all day cleaning dirty screens. Easy Way's line of environmentally conscious chemicals will help you get the job done faster and more efficiently, costing you a fraction of the cost per screen. If you value a company to help you with the, the difficult pieces here around how-tos and best practices, 
EasyWay is there. They've got 100 plus distributors to work with to buy EasyWay chemicals. Thank you, guys. We, we appreciate your support. Check them out. Sweet. Bruce, uh, if you need a solution to improve efficiency and reduce costs in your art department, Graphic Source is there for you. If you go to 1900hotstuff.com, you'll find uh, a group of individuals that are there to offer you industry-leading outsource options for your shop by truly becoming a part of the team. No lie, we have three full-time Graphxers at Campus Inc. They plug and play with our team and our shop management software. They work on SEPs, mock-ups, creative art, order management, embroidery, digitizing, back office, customer service, and there's no better company in our industry to work with. They have over 30 years in the game and they really know and understand shop needs and have a proven track record of success. So if you've got an art department or if you don't have an art department, uh, it's a good idea to hit up Graphic Source um, for your art staffing needs. And if you mention the Printavo pod, you'll receive 50% off your first vector, SEP or embroidery order. We actually talked about this company in this pod because uh, Rockland just bought a big piece of new equipment, Multicraft. Look, open up your Instagram, type in Multicraft underscore daddy and send him a DM. He's sending out PMI tape every single week to people to give it a try. Um, Dave is awesome. Multicraft screen printing and digital supplies have been around for over 50 years, providing our industry with top brands at competitive pricing. And, uh, you know, you mentioned Printavo Pod, you may get 10% off your first order. So make sure you mention that. And uh, he appreciates that. We appreciate it. Thank you, Multicraft. 926 followers and the Multicraft team, they're starting to create handles. I see a Multicraft Jimmy, a Multicraft John, a Multicraft Sam, Multicraft Josh. Um, we're going to see if they can keep up with the OG. Um <laughs> Bruce, uh, you've been heat transferring quite a bit lately, and uh, I'm pretty sure that you order from Supacolor. And Supacolor is the world's best heat transfer. It's made for screen printers by screen printers. They understand the pressures and expectation of a screen printing business, and that's why they pride themselves on being super fast and super easy. Um, whenever we're in a pinch and we need transfers quick, we know who to call and it's Supacolor. Their customer service is incredible. Their quality is incredible. And you know what you're going to get every single time. Uh, you can experience them for yourself using promo code Printavo15 and get 15% off your first order. All right, let's jump on in. A little bit of backstory. I sent Steven the video of you and Matt Marcotte hanging out and him bringing this iPhone app to your shirt, like this one that you're wearing. And it came to life when it uh, like zoomed in on any of the people's photos on there and started talking and, and kind of gave a backstory there. And it was really cool. Matt texted me it and we were like, wow, we, we got to talk to Rockland a little bit more about this because there's not a lot of cool, innovative tech in the apparel side. And when we see it, we got to bring it on here. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you have me on. Rockland, are you a White Sox fan? Uh, somewhat. You- I'm not a huge baseball fan, but since I live in close proximity to Chicago and live on the South Side, it's kind of mandatory to have, you know, either Cubs or White Sox gear. So <laughs> we're uh, Chicago fans are struggling right now. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, Chicago hasn't been great at baseball. What the Sox? What 2005 when he won the World Series? You know, what? Yeah, you know, 2018, 2019 for the Cubs. So it's just. Uh, Occasionally they excite us. Yeah. 
occasionally, but that's okay. We're good. We're good, happy losers. So just happy we got a team, you know. <laughs> We're just happy we got a team. We're just happy to watch watch sports. So, yeah. anyways, yeah. So, uh, yeah. Tell us, like, tell us about and and Chris will have to flash this video up. Talk to us about what this is, what's going on. Yeah, tell okay. us about it. Uh, well, you know, for my clothing brand is called Rock a Block, and it's because my name is Rockland. So it just kind of you know worked out that way. Everybody calls me Rock. And with my clothing brand, I always wanted to bring history to life or have a story to tell. And just have my you know, work be a conversation piece. And so I actually did a design a few years ago called the Freedom Fighters, which had uh, other great black pioneers on it, such as uh, Frederick Douglass, Harry Tubman, Marcus Garvey. And people always talked about it and just say, hey, that's a cool shirt. I want to know who those people are. And so when I came across a software a few years back that could actually, you know, um, bring augmented reality to about anything, I said, that would be really cool to apply to a shirt. And so a couple of years ago, I, you know, got a buddy to, you know, with me to help me, you know, do the animation and hire some voice actors. And we, uh, and we made it, we made a shirt work. And, uh, you know, we were looking at what apps we could use to, you know, really bring to life. And there were so many different options, but we decided on Instagram. So these are all, you know, activated through custom Instagram filters uh, because pretty much everyone has Instagram on their phone. You don't have to download a third party app. You don't have to learn a whole new, you know, software or pay for anything and so when you go to my custom filters and you bring up any of these characters you just hold your phone over it bass reeves mary c cole Bessie coleman any of these characters will come to life and just give you a life story it's not just shirts um it actually works on uh, i know you see uh you know these enamel pins right here i mean i have skateboards i mean pretty much anything i put these images on the augmented reality function will work and come to life through instagram you're saying yes or, or do you download an Interesting. So, and, and is that like a geo filter thing where you have to be close to a certain location or how no, do you not, get the not at all. filter? It's basically like facial recognition. So the filter recognizes these faces and these are the triggers. So if you go to my uh, profile, rock a black brand and you scroll over to the effects tab and you'll see the, all the lists of all the filters I have, you just pick the character you want, click the button that says, try it, hold it over the shirt or sticker or patch, whatever it is. And it'll come to life. Okay, that's like Snapchat filters, sort of, right? Yeah. Like, yeah, kind of like Snapchat filters. And so, but you're kind of programming it in the background, if that makes sense, yeah. like through these. So did you have to submit these filters to like Instagram to get approved? Can anyone do this? Like, um, Yeah, you, you have to submit it for approval. Um, you have to know how to use the tools for one. Um, I was able to build a team to, you know, help me get everything together. So this is basically a full-on production. You know, I have to, you know, of course I did the artwork um, had to do some basic animation, had to hire voice actors, had to hire someone to write scripts. And then, of course, the programming and the coding to actually make it all work. And then you submit it all to Meta, and then they either give you the thumbs up or thumbs down. Wow. And so, really, you're just using Instagram because it's the easiest interface for someone to open up Instagram, find the filter, scan, or like put it over there, and then it'll kind of start talking to you, basically. Yeah, pretty much. And eventually I would love to have my own app where everything's just in the house and I can, you know, have a little more control over everything. But for right now, for what we're doing, this is perfect. Wow. Where, where did you find the team and the different people to do this? Because it does seem that a lot more shops um, and retailers are wanting to have this software integration to their business, whether from a really cool marketing side, like a front end consumer side or a back end side. Um, well, I mean, these are all people just I knew throughout life. You know, a couple of friends from college, uh, former colleagues from work. 
I've been a graphic designer for over 20 years now, and I've you know, met a lot of people in the industry. So a friend of mine uh, that worked in the graphics department with me at the Chicago Tribune, um, we got together and said, hey, I got this idea. Help me make this work. And then a buddy of mine from college who's all into coding and AR and all these things, and I told him the idea, and he said, hey, we can make this work. So we got together, had a couple meetings. I said exactly what I wanted to do, and we all just put our heads together, and now we got the same result. Got wow. It. So, so you just have a really good network. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty sweet. Everyone's going to be like, oh, because I've seen, um, what's the company that does, uh, you can put like an NFC tag in a shirt now. Yeah, someone has it on the sleeve where you get your phone close to it and it can pop up anything like for an ad. It's a lot more for if you're at a trade show or something. Oh, yeah. don't scan this QR code or take a business card to scan. Or, or like if you go to a concert or something like that, like it's it's turning you're turning merch into a collectible yeah. is what you're doing. Right. So who is your customer then? Right. Like so you make this and then you're kind of doing like an educational. There's something educational about this. Like, yeah, talk to us about your customer. Um, yeah. So initially I want to just, you know, highlight black history and tell stories, but you know, this, you know, goes way beyond that. You know, I can basically turn anything into augmented reality experience, but for these particular shirts, I really wanted to highlight um, black heroes that didn't really get a lot of recognition. You know, everyone knows Frederick Douglass or Harriet Tubman or Martin Luther King or Malcolm X, but how many people know who Mary Seacole is and maybe only a handful of people know who Bessie Coleman is. And so I just tried to, you know, find a way to, you know, integrate, you know, really, you know, dope design, illustrations, uh, technology and storytelling all into one place where you just get this whole experience. Um, so anyone who's interested in history, storytelling, art, design, um, who just really wants to, you know, make a statement with their tees. Because, you know, pair, you know, T-shirts, you know, are a whole different realm now than what they are were in like 30, 40, 50 years ago. I mean, T-shirts are like a part of who you are as a person. And, you know, you can wear a T-shirt under a blazer to a business meeting, see people on a red carpet wearing T-shirts. Everyone has a favorite T-shirt. Even if it's got like, you know, bleach stains and holes all in it, it's your favorite T-shirt and it tells something about you. So why not really create this whole experience around what's important to you with your apparel? Wow. Danny Sweem, um, CEO of MNR, always says uh, T-shirts are your personal billboard. They are right. They like, are. They are your personal billboard. So that that speaks volumes. So then, do you sell your own line of clothing and then do this for others that want to do it? Like, yeah. How, how do you? How do you kind of like turn this into a, a like really make it legit? Um, well, a few years ago, I started uh, making shirts. I was, you know, as I said earlier, I was a graph designer. Um, but I just got bored in my career just designing for other people. I went from working. Um, at Ebony and Jet Magazine, which were, you know, two of the largest black publications in the United States, to the Chicago Tribune, which is, you know, the third largest market for newspapers, to, uh, you know, to an engineering firm in a creative services department. And that was the most boring job I ever had in my life. I was just bored out of my mind. I went from designing these, you know, magazines and meeting celebrities and everything to doing PowerPoint presentations for, uh, you know, street widening or, you know, ditch digging and things. It was like, I, I didn't go to school for this. Could have been your future, Steven. So Steven has mine. an engineering degree and then decided to go into yeah. uh, screen printing and stuff too. So You made the right yeah. choice, man. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I was, <laughs> yeah. and I was making decent money at it, but I was just so bored and I would just sit at my desk all day and I was like, I know I'm meant for more than this. So a friend of mine convinced me to go into the t-shirt game and I started just designing and I bought a heat transfer system. So I, as I you know, got an order, on my website, rocketblock.com, I would print out, you know, the transfer, he pressed the shirt and send it out. 
But um, when the, you know, I started getting more orders over time, I wanted to increase my capabilities. So I got my first screen, uh, screen press, a Riley Hopkins uh, two by six. And so I was just, you know, pressing shirts in my basement, getting ready for the 2020 festival season because, you know, we all knew 2020 is about to be the best year ever. And, and then, you know, what, what happened? March of 2020, everything shut down, all my events, everything I was going to vend at just stopped, came to a complete halt. And here I am, you know, I just bought thousands of dollars of equipment in addition to the stuff I had before. And I had nowhere to go. And then my job, they cut me down from 40 hours a week to 14. And so I'm stuck at home. So I started just, you know, working on my T-shirts. And then out of nowhere, I started getting orders from all around the country. Um, you know, this was at the height of the pandemic, the riots, you know, police shootings, everything. And I think a lot of people want to support Black-owned businesses. And so I just started showing up on people's, like, you know, Google searches. And then um, so it started you know, shipping out to L.A., New York, Florida, Texas, all over the place. And then one day I got an email from a producer at ABC7 Chicago. And they said they saw my brand online. They saw my website. They wanted to uh, feature me online air, you know, on air live. And uh, just like this it was a Zoom chat. Um, I'm on air on live TV with the anchor and I'm in my house. And I remember I just couldn't even hear what the anchor was saying because the sound quality was so bad. But he was asking me about my business, what it stood for and, you know, my designs. And, and they're showing some B-roll footage of me making shirts. Then as soon as I got the air, my phone blew up with orders uh, from all around Chicago. And I was used to getting maybe, you know, five or ten a week. And within those few hours, I had over 100 orders that had to fill. And so I'd already been in business a couple of years, but that, like, put me on the map. And so uh, I was like, okay, if I want this thing to grow, my job sucks. Let me take a risk. And so I actually moved everything out of my uh, out of my house and got a storefront in Maryville, Indiana. And so things just kind of grew from there. So I decided to I do custom printing, sell my own clothing brand. I do graphic design services. And then I even host like educational events. So I have and people come in and, you know, see how screen printing is done. Um, just teach people how to get into the T-shirt game because a lot of people want to do it, but have no idea how to. And so I just use all these different aspects of my business to, you know, really create a robust you know, business for myself. Wow. It's a really cool journey. I'm kind of curious. Uh, and for you too, Stephen, like, do you like, why did you buy the, the, the Riley Hopkins press um, versus keep using the heat press? Um, was it a volume thing or? It was definitely volume. Um, Cause I was cranking out a lot of shirts, just to heat press a shirt one by one, to heat, uh, print out the transfer, put on the adhesive I mean, it was cool for, you know, the first few shirts. And, but when people started seeing certain designs that they really liked and certain, certain, some shirts only needed one color ink, you know, just white or black or blue. And there's no point in making favorite it. Favorite ones. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so I was like, I could crank that out. I could crank out, you know, 50 shirts in a matter of, you know, you know, 40, 50 minutes, maybe an hour. Yeah. As opposed to, press, yeah. yeah. And so it just, just kind of made sense. I was terrified of breaking the screen printing because, you know, it looked messy. It looked difficult. Like, I don't even have room in my basement for this, but I'm going to make it work. And you had to buy, you know, all the chemicals and inks and everything. And you just kind of have to just dive in and go for it. But I, once I started, I loved it. I, I do wonder who will make it so that the transfer and the heat press of the equipment and the actual transfer can just be, you know, you can just rip through it. Basically eliminating the whole pre-press situation and, and set up and all that other stuff. I mean, I know the East West machines was trying to do that. I like guess super color. I know, you know, rock, I'm sure Evan are thinking about it, but 
Do you order transfers now more? This is like a hot topic, Rock. We talk about it all the time. But do you order transfers now, or do you? Yeah, what's your what's your take on that? Or do you screen print? Like, I do a mix. I feel like any solid okay. shop needs to have you know multiple tools in their toolkit. I have a you know I have a client right now. Their shirt has so many different colors on it, and it's like I, there's only so much I can do with my Riley Hopkins. And if I don't want to outsource it, I'll go ahead and get a few heat transfers, full color heat transfers, and. Uh, you know, the technology has improved over the last few years where you just, you know, where it used to take me, you know, three or four minutes from start to finish to, you know, do a tea transfer now to just order, press on for six seconds and it's done. It's just, I look at the parameters of the job and I see, you know, what will, you know, be most profitable or most, uh, you know, the time, most time consuming and then just make my decisions. Based do on your that. customers care at all or do they? Not really. Um, I got, I got a few people, um, who, you know, are really particular about certain colors or, you know, ways something feels or how soft a hand is. But most people, they just really, they're just so in awe seeing their idea or design or something that says on a shirt, they don't care how it's made. I just tell people never use a cricket, <laughs> never use a cricket to, you know, make your t-shirts, never use vinyl. Um, it, to me, that <laughs> just does not belong. I'm not getting the cricket sponsorship now either. Oh, sorry. You, you, well, you can believe that in post, but uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Crickets, uh, it, it's really yeah. interesting. Cricket, the cricket business model is super, super interesting. We joke about it a lot, but yeah, like I would never weed vinyl anymore. Right? Yeah, like, and it's just like, and so my heat transfer system, it was self weeding that made a big, you know, ton of difference for me. And I could print on dark garments, light garments, um, all sorts of things, but you know, at first. I think when people think they want to get into a t-shirt game, they think they need to become a graph designer all of a sudden. They need to become a production artist all of a sudden and buy all this equipment. And so the first thing they do is go out to, you know, Hobby Lobby or Michaels and they'll buy the, you know, the cricket. They'll get some really cheap gilded shirts and then they'll press these shirts with, you know, lackluster designs and want to charge me 30, 40, 50 bucks for it. And wonder why nobody's buying it. And so, and so that's part of why I do. I try to educate people like, you know, Hey, there's different ways to do this. You don't have to do it yourself. Hire an expert. All right, real quick. I got to tell you something. This is really interesting. And here's why we formed a company called Inktava. You may have heard of it, but it has three different brands right now. Printavo, Inksoft and Graphics. So we're all sister companies now, a big happy family. What we're able to do is Printavo's managing your shop management and workflow organization. Inksoft can run your website and handle online stores at scale. So running multiple different stores for fundraisers, schools, um, company stores, and everything in between. And Graphics Flow is a brand new product to be able to help reduce all the back and forth with art. So it has a huge art library that you can put on your website so customers can see and pluck what they want. Plus, you can also be able to collect different ideas and send them to customers to approve as well. Really, really cool. Plus in-app editing. It's like Canva, but specifically for shops. All right, check it out. All those brands are on inktavo.com. That's inktavo.com. All right, thanks. Yeah, but you're totally okay with teaching someone where to buy transfers and how to do it themselves. Like you kind of said there, like I'll help people get into the merch game. Talk to us about that a little bit because some people are guarded by it and others are very open. Um, Talk to us about that. I feel like there's enough room at the table for everybody to eat. As long as you're not biting my designs, you know, I mean, I have a lot of my stuff, you know, trademarked and copywritten. As long as you're not biting my work, I'll, I'll give you a couple pointers. You might have to pay for my time to learn how to do it, but, you know, I'll, I'll help you out. Um, I think, you know, sometimes we got so many gatekeepers that, you know, the community doesn't grow, that the community doesn't really prosper. And 
I got people that I can lean on. Like I said, the network earlier, I got people I can lean on if I have too much of, uh, you know, influx of work. I say, hey, can you take this overflow for me? And vice versa. And so I think, you know, we work better together as, com- as a community. And honestly, I don't think there's that many people that really are going to invest the amount of time and money that it takes to uh, create a sustainable apparel business. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think it's um, with the way the creator economy is running now, you can get started so much easier than you could five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Right. And so like the fact is these tools are at our fingertips and they're going to get used one way or the other. And like, they're going to be done by 20 year olds that know how to use these tools better than we do. Right. Like I, you know, I had a student, uh, we, this is really funny. We quoted a job and, uh, it was higher than he would have liked. (laughs) So he like, he's like, oh, I just used AI and I ordered it from another company and then I upsold it to the customers. And I'm like, for the uh, art, you're saying it was hard. Yeah. Like he, he just like did it by himself. He went and sourced the shirts himself, got them printed and sold them. And I was just like, okay, buddy, um, not how this works here, but I'm really impressed that you did that. <laughs> but at the same time, I'm like, I'm like, I shouldn't be mad at him. He used the best tools to his availability and he went out and figured out how to do it and he got them done and, and made some money on it that I couldn't do. So like, it's kind of like, you're like, okay, like you gotta, you gotta not watch out for them, but uh, almost embrace the fact that, you know, that generation is going to be prying at us and yeah. you know, learning and stuff. So I don't know. It, it, I, and the market's changing so quick. It's, it's hard to keep up. But I also think that the way the distributors are set up too, that basically anybody can open an account that it's just, having to adjust more to that market versus it's, they're not like a secret. Like, I mean, you could even buy fairly cheap blanks if you just search, you know, wholesale t-shirt, like blankapparel.com or, you know, some of these yeah. other ones that are only like 50 cents more or a dollar more than SNS or Sandmars. But I don't know, Rock, do you ever feel threatened by competitors like that? Like coming in, learning and, and, and trying to do it better than you? A little bit. And I think, uh, you know, that's what keeps me going. That's what keeps me, you know, trying to innovate and, uh, you know, say, come up with stuff like this and say it in front of the game. Um, it, there's always going to be some competition. There's always going to be somebody that's better than you, but there's always going to be somebody worse than you. And I think that's where brand loyalty comes in, where you start to really gain your following. Um, you build relationships because, yeah, this 20-year-old might be able to do it cheaper, but maybe the customer service sucks. Maybe their work ethic sucks. And I'm finding that, uh, that you know, that's pretty common now in a lot of like, you know, you know, 30 and under, you know, they don't know how to you know talk to people. They don't know how to relate to people. And so a lot of people come back to me because, you know, they like how, you know, I service them. And and it's, it's changing so fast. I have no idea. I'm just jumping in this and just doing the best I can at times. I have a question. Once you release this, it obviously is very like engaging to watch. I saw the video and like. Do you have other copycats that will try to do the exact same thing? Um, no one yet, but I know somebody will eventually. And maybe they got bigger, you know, social media following than me. But again, if I have this product and I don't tell anybody about it, I can't sell it. Um, and so that's that's a question I get from a lot of people is, uh, you no, know, they have ideas, but they're afraid to put them out because they're afraid somebody's going to steal them. So they never do anything with it. And and so. I say you got to put it out there. You got to, you got to, you know, take a risk. There's always going to be a copycat of something. 
again, you know, just you have to protect yourself as best as possible. So I protect my artwork. I protect my brand name. And that's the best I can do right now as a, you know, as an individual artist and, you know, business owner. Would you ever teach other shops how to do what you're doing? For a for fee. A fee. For a fee. Or I would do it for them, you know, if they don't want to take all the, you know, extra steps. Because somebody's going to have to, you know, somebody's going to have to get the computer programmer. Somebody's going to have to, you know, hire the script writer if they want this level. It might just be something. That's an interesting like, business model. It, yeah, no. I think I, about I think if you, could, you almost white labeled that service as you know, an app that you can do any type of art or, or sort of this to make this process easier. So you don't have to go out and hire out these people and everything. Hey, you use this, you got to pay, you know, whatever, uh, monthly or something for it. And then you can set it up on your end to do it. Yeah. That, that is one of my plans. Um, and as I'm expanding my business, it's just been kind of crazy just going from a solopreneur to, you know, trying to build a team, whether they're contract workers, actually employees of mine and, you know, learning how to, you know, delegate and see how we can make this thing grow and scale up. So what do you think, Stephen, could this be used for training? You know, like when I saw this in that video, it pops up really cool again. I was like, wow, a lot of people like you've set up QR codes in the shop and things so that, you know, it pops up a YouTube video and you, you're trying to get people to use it, but it is kind of, it does have some friction, right? Like it's, you know, you got to pop it up, opens YouTube, you start playing it um, versus what happens when you open the Instagram app like that. It's like right away. It, it like just starts going right away. Um, could that like almost help train like, I don't know. You start to see a world where I, I watched that Apple conference with that new Vision Pro thing, that three or four thousand dollar head device, and it literally brings it, it literally enhances reality with what things are happening. And Yelp even has this where you can hold it up and you can see directions right on the street if you're looking through the through the screen. I mean, could that be of interest on the training side? Are there other applications? Maybe I think so. I mean, we're we're you know entering into the metaverse. Um, it's still in the early stages for a lot of people, but I think as our reality becomes more augmented, people are going to want, you know, apparel that's next level, next gen. And like I said earlier, you know, your shirt is your personal billboard. When you walk past me, you have the headgear on and all of a sudden your shirt just starts talking to you or, you know, interacting with you. That'd, that'd be pretty cool. And, uh, you know, that's something that we see, you know, happen when we're you know, playing video games or, you know, doing anything online, we're interacting with other characters, we see their stats pop up, we see their bios pop up. Why couldn't that happen when, uh, you know, you walk past and look at someone's shirt? And that's where I think, like, some people would look at this and be like, that, what's the point, right? Like, this is just another, you know, they say metaverse. But there's a cool factor that makes us all go like, oh, that's cool. And the second that cool factor is added to your product it is now worth a ton more than yeah. you originally sold it for. And it's something that people look and say, that's cool. I want it. Like all those things we had as kids. What are those Tamagotchi things or whatever? Yeah. <laughs> like it's a collectible, right? And so like, have you ever tried to partner with like, you know, pitch this to like big musicians? Like I just imagine if if T Swift had this on her merch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, go crazy. Right? Like, you go crazy. Have you tried to? Have you tried to do that at all? Uh, not yet, because we're we're still just you know getting started with all this. Even though it's been a couple of years, I'm trying to build my library and you know make sure my team is solid before I can actually pitch something of that magnitude. But that's next. I believe that's next. Um, 
Damn. That'd be crazy if you could somehow, you know, trademark whatever this and license the the tech out. And uh, and so I've been working with the museums. Um, they're pretty interested ooh, in this, the historical ooh. aspect. Oh, my galleries. gosh. If you hovered over a uh, like a painting or something and it really came to life to tell you. Yeah. And, and so I'm actually going to D.C. in two weeks for a pop up shop called the Black Boy Art Show. And when I was there a few months ago, it it just exploded. Everyone saw the shirt can do and everybody's running over and, you know, wanted, you know, a piece of action. And so I think as I started to really build my following and see what these applications are, that it goes beyond just these six characters on the shirt or the other shirt that I did, that we can really build some solid consumer experiences with this. Because, you know, after, let's say you go to like the Museum of Science and Industry in Chicago or Museum of Modern Art. And there's like a, you know, Van Gogh or Gauguin exhibit or some famous artist. You go through the whole exhibit, then you end up at the gift shop. You're paying, you know, $60, $70, $80 for a T-shirt that does nothing. You just say, oh, yeah, I went to the Van Gogh or Pompeii exhibit, and then that's it. But if you could relive a part of your experience on your apparel, on your button, on your bag, through your phone, and, you know, hear the stories told all over and over again and be able to share that experience online, with your friends, with the family, in person, I think it elevates everyone's brand. You know, me as a uh, totally. producer, them as a uh, you know, them as a consumer, and you know, of course, the museum or venue as you know, the client. So, marketing wise, you, you looking at your Instagram account and and just googling around online, you do a lot of events. Um, you're you're very much so out there, but I also notice notice that you're good with media like like press releases type stuff as in like you're on TV a couple different with a couple different channels did that so after this first you know ABC reach out did you did they start reaching out more to you did you reach out to them how, how did this continue to spiral from there to get because that's great marketing like to your point there's a huge audience there that will convert um, it's a little bit of both um, some of it was just they found me online. Uh, some people would just like hear my story and then just say, Hey, you need to check out this guy, uh, you know, at, at Rocket Block. And there were a couple of instances where I ran into some people in the media and said, Hey, you know, you want to check this, look at my shirt, look what it can do. I'd love for you to come to my shop one day. So it's been a combination of things. Um, and I'm, I'm usually really surprised when I get a, just a cold call or email from somebody from the press or the media. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Uh, sure. I'll, I'll do it. Um, but it's become so crazy that it's, you know, I feel like I'm on TV or on the radio every few months now. And it was just, you know, I just started making shirts out of my basement. It was, you know, I didn't think it'd be this big. And I still have a long way to go as far as like, you know, what I'm doing and how much money I want to make and grow in the business. But just these opportunities, um, just because I decided to step out from my nine to five job and do my own thing. I think people admire the story, you know, that you're chasing your dreams and that you're doing this thing. So, Long story short, that really, you know, pulls a lot of people in, creates a lot of interest. And of course, social media helps a lot too. I, I don't think there's another shop that I've met that is taking the same approach that you are right there. Bruce? No, not especially on the media side. Like the fact it's that you're thinking unique. about education, culture, storytelling, history, and then applying it to such a simple medium. Like you're, you're creating this niche. Uh, you're, you're, you're fabricating a niche out of a space that didn't formally exist. You're like finding the white space, like you're finding the white space here and like you're building something out of it. And so like my mind is exploding right now of like, 
holy shit, this could be sports. This could be, and you got pins and buttons and all that other stuff, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The athletes. Oh my gosh. If you hover it over and you, you, it pops up a clip of them doing some dunk or whatever the deal is. And, and rock when, when all the NFT crap was coming out, <laughs> crap, whatever, how were you thinking about this in crypto land, NFTs, like um, all that stuff? You know, my brother, he kept saying, Hey man, you need to get into this NFT space. And, he get, and I was like, what's an NFT? I never even heard of that. And, you know, just yeah. all in 2020 just kind of came out of nowhere. And it just didn't make sense to me at the time. It, it still doesn't quite make sense to me. It was like, all right, you're paying hundreds of dollars for a JPEG. No, but you get the JPEG, not just a JPEG. You get the JPEG. And I'm like, I don't know, man. I'm like, I don't know, man. It just doesn't seem like I'm I'm used to physical products. Physical product. Can I get the .psd? Yeah. (laughs) Can I get the .ai? The the layered file or something and just, and it's just, it just didn't make sense to me. So I I didn't really put too much stock into it. I started looking into it, but it was just, it was moving too fast. Crypto was too volatile. I had a little bit of money in Bitcoin, but it just didn't make sense to me. And I'm I'm still old school where I want a physical product in hand because how can I know if my JPEG, you know, somebody else can just download the same thing. But I don't care if it's time stamped or, you know, encrypted with something. I I need something in hand that I can look at, that I can feel that I can put on. And so I, I didn't put my stock into it. I, I think what's really interesting about it is the technology that you're building, like, Let's just take a White Sox night at the Sox park. If they wanted to do something, give away a thousand T-shirts, you could literally turn that experience like upside down for them and just make it incredible. Yeah. Uh, by by doing that, and so like with the way kind of society is moving, and you see marketing teams trying to find better ways to like engage with fans and audiences and stuff, like you're kind of creating this wedge for yourself. I'm curious, uh, talk about your business growth. You don't have to share financials if you don't want, but like how much has it really like grown since you've really stepped on it? Um, so my first year, I, I didn't really keep track of numbers my first year because it was a hobby, but, uh, 2020, I was still in my basement. I made like $19,000. I was like, okay, great. That's awesome. You know, from selling t-shirts, but as soon as I moved into my storefront, um, my revenue went up to six figures, a hundred thousand. Then the following year, it got close to like 140. Um, of course, now I have a lot of overhead because I got paid for rent, and lights, and water, and all this stuff. But the experience is like, you know, really changed. And so it, I, I definitely see a lot of growth. I'm actually going to be moving my shop pretty soon. I'm still working on location. And I'm actually upgrading my, you know, simple Riley Hopkins to a, a automated rock in the next few months. Oh. Yeah, so I'm excited about that. Same space? Is that, is that, how, is that why you know Matt Marcotte? Or, yeah, or yeah. You, uh, tell us about that. Um, so I met him at uh, the Multicraft showroom in Schaumburg, Illinois. And, uh, Multicraft Daddy's base? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I just happened to go there because uh, I found out about the place because uh, I, read my, I met Ryan Moore last year at the, uh, um, the impression show in Texas. And I showed him the shirt. He was just blown away by it. And so... Um, when I saw he was going to be a chamber, hey, let me check out this showroom. It's you know, it's like an hour and a half away. So I drove out there, met some guys, and they were just like, "Hey, uh, let's uh, you know, let's connect." And so it just the relationship just grew from there. Um, I actually got a grant from the state of Indiana to help me with the purchase of my um, rock. You know, they're giving me a you know, um, and so yeah, it just uh, you know, had somebody just uh, you know, you know, give me a grant to help purchase this equipment. They're giving me half of the money. And I'm like, wow, so I, I have to take this opportunity and do it. Incredible. Yeah, that's huge. 
yeah. And so just to you know, be able to keep my stuff in house, not have to you know farm out all my work, you know that you know really you know will you know, enhance the experience for me personally. And, you know, increase my revenue and productivity. There was a post that went on one of the Facebook screen printing groups about handling customer blanks. Um, how do you handle that? Do you do you charge for that? Do you? Do um, you I do. I'm charging the printing costs. You, um, I upcharge everything. He's got a customer in front of him. Well, she's on the retail side, but I upcharge everything. Um, I make I make sure that you know. Whatever I do is profitable for me. So I'm still working on getting a better calculator for my pricing. So when I have somebody take orders for me, um, like an employee, that the pricing guard set in. But I definitely want to make at least 50% on what I pay in. Regardless so I, of the blank, you're saying yeah. them bringing it in or not. Yeah. So if, uh, you know, if they bring a blank, I, you know, I still charge like a slide up charge for it. But I just prefer to, you know, get, get the blanks for them. Um, just because, you know, if they bring in 99 shirts and I somehow mess up two or three, I'm like, oh, crap, I just messed up this person's blanks. So and I have to, you know, try to find them. But, you know, I just prefer because I know what fabric works for me. Um, I know, you know, which brands work best. But every now and then I get somebody that, you know, comes in with these, you know, gilded shirts that feel like burlap sacks or potato sacks. And they want, you know, <laughs> they want the super intricate design on it. It's just like, oh, boy. All right, here we go. I'm going to try to, you know, make this work for you. But. Bruce is really good at printing and if you brought him to help he wouldn't make a single mistake so uh, I volunteer him (laughs) next time uh, can I tell you guys a uh, quick story so go for um, it so uh, my wife's got this heat press and she's got a like a brand she's been working on uh, like in the Filipino community and everything by the way do you need if you need to help someone Rockland you can I know my my intern just came in so (laughs) okay Um, so and so and so so uh, she does a lot of events too. She she does these uh, different like Filipino events and she sells a bunch of stuff there and takes pre-orders and then prints it later. Anyway, so this one guy comes up. He's like, oh, do you, you know, buys a couple things. And then he's like, do you guys actually, you know, print stuff for custom things? Like I have my son's baseball thing coming up. We need about 20 shirts. Um, I'm just like overly optimistic about everything. And I like whisper to her like, yeah, yeah, take it. Like I want to try uh, do this. I'm going to you know, use uh, my Printavo account. And so on. I thought it would be kind of fun anyway. So the job's two weeks out. Um, so I'm like, all right, we've got plenty of time. I'm like, Hey, give me your cell. Um, let me know the quantity and then I'll send you back a quote. We'll get a down payment and we'll move from there. Message him. Don't hear anything for five days. So I'm, and, and I'm like following up for a couple of days, right? Don't hear anything for five days. So I'm like, okay, um, Hey man, look like to get this done for you, we need to get this. So he finally sends me the quantities after five days. Now we're, we've only got basically one week left. So I'm like, all right, great. So here's, here's how much it's going to cost. Send that back over silence, right? Silence for another three, four days. <laughs> I'm like, look, I, for now I'm at the point where I'm not going to be able to ship these to you. So Chrisette's going to have to drive them to you 30 minutes to, to drop these off for you. And finally sends back the down payment. Now we're like three, four days out from when he needs it. Order the shirts, get them in basically that morning, print them on the, on the, on the heat press in her room, give it to her for her to drop off after work. And finally he gets it and he pays the rest. I was just like, <laughs> All right, never mind. We're we're done here. <laughs> like, 
that was a, a, a fun experience. And uh, it was funny. I told uh, Justin this the other day. He's like, damn, dude, you, uh, uh, you're not going to do that again, are you? And he's like, he's like, welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so Bruce, is that when you texted me? So Bruce, Bruce is not the, he needs to stick to code. Texting, <laughs> yeah. He's like, I don't know how you just deal with customers and like POs and, and ordering and blanks. And like, how do you keep it? <laughs> it was just the delay. We were in, we were in a good window until we weren't. And then it and was that's why, like, and that's why you were, you did not want to tell me about this. This is the first time I'm learning about this, Bruce. Yeah. And, uh, I'm yeah, laughing right. all my the new way lesson off. was, um, rush fee. And then yeah. just totally cut off. Like, look, we we just can't do this for you after today. Yeah, I think well, you know he's a nice guy is. trying to bend over backwards. So you know, anyway. I mean, I've definitely changed how I operate. Um, so when I first started, I would do anything you asked. I would like, you know, if you just needed one shirt for like a you know a baby shower or something, I would bend over backwards on designing and everything. But as my time became became more valuable, I just could not spend all these hours you nitpicking over a placement of a you know, someone from Paw Patrol and stuff on a shirt, I just had to say, no, I don't do anything under 25 shirts. And, you know, oh, if you want that many colors, you got to do this many. And so I'm getting more comfortable standing my ground and saying no to certain things because I'm learning that not, not all money is good money. And, you know, me wanting to help out people, you know, and you know, kind of save the day and save them from a bad t-shirt experience ends up costing me in the long run. I mean, my beard was black before I started this business. So, and uh, I had a full head of hair. But, uh, but yeah, so I just had to change up everything, you know, pricing, like my workflow, um, you know, deadlines. If you, if I can't, I tell people 10 to 14 days. If they can't do it before that, you know, they can bump to the back of the line. So, yeah, I mean, it, it is, you know, all down to the finish. I actually have um, 90 uh, drawstring bags I got to print today and have in customers' hands by the end of the day today. So, yeah, wish me luck on that one too. So. Are they? Uh, are they? What material are they? Uh, cotton. Okay, that's good. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, whatever the nylon ones or whatever always like burn in the oven. I yeah, and so I hope they're cotton. Much. I think it's a. I'm gonna look, and if not, I'm gonna have to figure something <laughs> out. So. If not, uh, call Matt Marcotte. He'll help you up. Right. Um. <laughs> I need them today. I need a ASAP. So, but uh, but yeah. So it's just uh. But yeah, it's just, uh, you know, I'm learning something new every day about the business and how, you know, you know what materials work best for printing, what I can print in what amount of time. And I'm really looking forward to getting the auto press because it will, you know, increase my workflow tenfold. Yeah. Seems like there's always a, a bottleneck. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll be that. It'll be dryer. It'll be a screen room. I'm be- curious, like, as your business is starting to grow, you've got something super unique. You've got technology. You've got all this stuff. What keeps you up at night? Uh everything <laughs> uh, you know it's like some days i'm like am i gonna make enough at this event to you know cover you know bills you know to pay myself uh you know just you know as any business owner you know can you know think about it, is just am i going to sell enough or are people going to like what i'm offering um i mean i think it keeps me up a lot sometimes if it's a big job I'm like oh lord i'm not i'm i'm not gonna be able to do this in time or is it gonna turn out right will the customers like it Sometimes after I, you know, drop off something or I ship it out, I don't hear anything for months. And I think, oh, they hated it. They didn't love it. But then, you know, <laughs> then like six months later, a year later, like, hey, Rock, remember those 400 shirts you did for us? We want more of them. I'm like, okay, great. They, they love them. You know, so it's just, you know, just a myriad of thoughts that just kind of, you know, kind of circulate in my head at night. 400 on a 
at a, at a Riley say two station. Yeah, uh, two station, uh, six you know head press it. Yeah, I've done. How many yeah. prints was that? Uh, locations. Uh, just one, thankfully. Uh, one color. If it, sometimes if it's something bigger, I'll just take more time on it. Or I'll outsource it. But yeah, it's just, it's been nuts. And I look at you know all the shirts I've made on that little machine. I'm like, wow. I mean, it's in the thousands. Yeah. And it's just like, I mean, it, it's paid as dues. You know, it's time to you know let it you know retire and you know go off and pasture somewhere. But I still I still use it for smaller orders. But it's just definitely time to you know, upgrade as the business has grown. Bruce, when you were starting Printava, what besides uh, QuickBooks errors, what kept you up at night? <laughs> um, constant software bugs I think was the big thing it was just it was software bugs and it was bad hires I think was my my two like so the software bugs were just constant because I not being a trained like engineer wouldn't write these things called tests which basically tests the work that you're doing and make sure you don't break stuff so the way I looked at it was these logs so you'd see if there's errors coming through all the time um, and then wake up at any point in the night and like deploy fixes. But, uh, but that, and then just bad hires of like, I, like I hired this one guy and I knew that he wasn't great, but you know, you keep trying to give a shot and like, I knew he would miss customer calls. And so then, you know, finally I had a customer that sent, you know, it's like, Hey, I couldn't get in touch with this guy at our scheduled time. And, um, yeah, those are the two things. How about you? Me? Uh, I think it's like um, I'm duct taping everything together, waiting for it to all fall apart. Yeah. Wait, are you talking about now or before? Oh yeah, uh, now. Sorry, no, before. I'm oh, kidding. Okay, both. Okay. Uh, both. Right. This like, but early on, you're like, "Am I an idiot? Is this working? There's this like, uh, is what I'm doing actually going to figure itself out?" Uh, and I think you're like up against the world a little bit, right? Like you're trying to prove it. Um, and mm-hmm. that, that's exhausting. Yeah. Um, that's exhausting, especially when you, when you have to do everything. And so I think like shop owners listening to this should think about those like early days and, and give yourself, give yourself a pat on the back because like you said, like you're living and dying by your business a little bit, which is not what the average American does. <laughs> um, so I think it's pretty rad. You're so uh, right. You know what? And I think writing or, or literally taking an hour to actually think about everything you accomplished in that previous year, because it's so easy to forget everything. Like, I mean, Rockland, what were you doing a month ago? Do you like, you remember like the, or two months ago, it's just, it's just the, you know, everything is like this week and next week and this week yeah. and next week. Um, it, it's, it's a blur, honestly. I mean, you know, mix of like things going on in my personal life and then mix of going on my business life are all kind of intermingled. Um, I think a couple months ago, I was probably getting ready for a pop-up event. Um, I just do it. As you say, I do a lot of those. Um, probably filling the order. I've had a couple of nightmare orders, a couple of nightmare customers. Um, there are days where, you know, my, my staff might not be able to make it in and I got to, you know, kind of handle everything by myself. So, um, you know, ordering blanks, cleaning screens, applying emotion. And so, and it's not really a nine to five business anymore. It's like, I'm in here roughly seven days a week. And even if I'm not in the shop, I'm still working, whether it's, you know, texting the client, uh, you know, emailing someone or taking a phone call or just even thinking about, you know, a design I want to do or a design app coming up or a project app coming up. So it's just, 
I couldn't even tell you, you know, exactly what I was doing a month ago or two months ago, unless I look at Instagram and see what I posted. So, um, but I just know it's just one of those ongoing things and it's, you know, it's invigorating me, but then stress me out at the same time. And it's just like, you know, I'm a glutton for abuse, you know, for my own abuse. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I would argue love it. To, yeah. I would like argue to, double down I, on it. <laughs> I would argue to say like an entrepreneur in their earlier, like they can just take so much more shit than everyone else. And they're just willing to do it. Like, you know, people say, like, why are you doing this to yourself? Like, why are you staying up all night? Why? Are you? And you're just like, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, yeah. um, you know, uh, I don't know if that ever ends. Maybe, um, <laughs> still trying to figure <laughs> yeah. it out. Uh, but no, I, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty cool and it's pretty special, it um, is. especially for, for what you've built. So I'm excited to see where you take this. Cause like, I don't want to say what I think could happen, but like what you've built is pretty rad. So I thank you. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. If there's uh and if there's shops listening out there, right. Like rock, there's a lot of shops out there that work with some huge names, huge artists, huge stuff. Like, are you open to working with other shops to connect to bigger talent? Definitely. I'm definitely, uh, I need to grow my network, need to grow, you know, my brand. And especially as I, you know, move to my new space, wherever that's going to be, I'm going to be more visible and I'm going to need more hands on deck and more people I can call. And I want to be able to be a source that they can call too. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, uh, I think it's yeah. pretty cool what you pull It's off. uh Instagram rock a block. You can, uh, you can find Rockland at, um, rock a block and, brand. Uh, or info at rock a block. Oh, sorry. Rock a block brand. Or is it, is it info at rock a block brand.com? No, it's in, it? uh, so it's rock a block.com is my website for the retail. My email is info at rock a block.com. And then yeah, just a rock a block brand on Instagram, Facebook. Perfect. I know. I, I drive by, I drive by Maryland, Indiana all the time. So like, I'm going to totally stop by right. at some point. Yeah, please uh, do. Here's the question I got, Rock, before the podcast's over. Should Bruce get a second dog? <laughs> <laughs> well, how how are you with the first dog? First dog's great. Okay. Uh, right. Don't want to ruin that either because uh, whoa, whoa, I think Bruce, we, we, we may be spoiled. For, wait, 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 oh, we weren't looking okay, for your input. We were looking for – and anyone in the comments, love to get input. Rock, what do you think? Uh, I stopped at having one kid. Because we got it right the first time. So we, we have one kid, one daughter, and we're like, no, what? We're not going to do anymore. We got it right the first time. So, so no, right. no sibling That's... rivalry. No, no. I can take one kid there to Disney World it. easier than I can take two. So, so I say stop at one, stop while you're ahead. Yeah. All right. So, Chrisette, if you're listening to this, because I know you listen to all of Bruce's podcasts, uh, Bruce go to every single one of your trade shows and events. Um, if you guys can only, only have one dog, uh, so he'll still go to everything for you, but I really appreciate you joining us. Um, Steven, you got to send a video when you, when you're over there. Yeah. Thanks for us. We appreciate you guys joining us on this week's episode. We'll see you on the next one. Thanks so much for listening. Hopefully that was informative. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to like, don't forget to hit the bell for notifications. If you enjoyed this video, if you enjoy all the stuff we're putting out, it's really helpful. We love to just be able to see it. That means that we're doing a good job. To subscribe, hit the bell for notifications and hit the like button. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye.